Welcome to the 205 Vibe Podcast. I'm your host, Earl Dotson Jr. Thursday, September 5th, 2019, um, the Rockford Public Schools was hit uh, with a ransomware attack. And um, it's uh, it's been it's been uh, a challenge um, for lots of people and all involved. And the person who's been behind the scenes and leading the charge on our efforts to get all of our systems back up and running has been none other than Mr. Jason Barthel, who uh, leads our information technology department. And uh, he is here with us. Jason, how you doing, man? Very good. Uh, good. Thanks for having me, Earl. I'm uh, excited to tell our story a little bit and some of the work we've been putting in. Awesome. Awesome. Um, before we start talking about kind of what happened and how all of how we kind of got here, um, the first thing I just wanted to touch on is you and I knew each other prior to you even coming here. Uh, we worked together at Winnebago County and I got a chance to know you. Um, so I just want to start there. If you could just you know talk about your background, you know, talk about you know, who you are, where you came from, some of your experience in doing this work. Absolutely. So really, I started my IT career. It was more on the tele- uh, telecommunication side. I spent eight years in the military. I joined the military right at 18, come from a pretty poor family. So it was uh, either the, the military or finding just, uh, uh, you know, just a work uh, grinding job. So I jumped in the military and uh, that's where I got my uh my money for college, things like that. So I spent eight years in the Army doing telecommunications work. Uh, after I got out of the the military, and it would have been 07, I actually started at the county. Uh, came out just with discipline, no degrees or anything at that point, uh, and the county took a chance on me uh, at that point because I had the discipline and some of the technical background. But at the county, I worked through an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, and two master's degrees, uh, with my latest master's being an MBA. Uh, so spent nine and a half years actually at the county. I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a great time there. And that's actually where I met you, Earl, uh, uh, just right across the hall from you. Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it, was, it was a great time at the county. Uh, moved on to private sector for about 15 months doing uh, IT, physical security stuff, cameras, access control, uh, before I uh, had the opportunity to come here to the district, which I've been here now since August of last year. So August, so, so August of, you get here August of last year. And then almost a little more, you know, about a year in, uh, you get this, right? You get, the, you know, what, so welcome to welcome to the Rockford Public School District. Um, you know, so, so let's this, let's start with, um, you know, one of the things I think is important to establish is um, these things happen. It's not something that um, no, no one wanted to happen. It's something that happened to us. So start from how we were we first made aware that something had gone terribly wrong. Well, I think before I jump into that, and I think you make a great point, Earl, you know, that that we were really a victim of this. And when we take a step back and look at what's going on uh, just nationally as well as uh, across the world, uh, uh, ransomware, cyber attacks, if you just Google cyber attack every day, you're going to see something new. Um, and it's really what's what's being ramped up for to come. And, and just even this in the past two weeks, uh, uh, India's uh, nuclear power plant was actually cyber attacked and they've linked it to North Korea. Uh, we had uh, in the U.S. and Utah just uh, this past week uh, wind turbine farm as well as a solar farm. It was the same farm that was cyber attacked. So there's things that are happening. Uh, the military is actually adding more cybersecurity specialists to their ranks uh, to be able to combat some of the stuff that's happening across the globe. So, so that's fine. You know, since you since you went there first, before we talk about what happened to us, let's just let's just build on that a little bit because that's, that's something else I wanted to to, to ask you about. Um, you know, you mentioned a lot of things in there about things happening around the world. Um, is there anything you can say or, or tell us about? The differences, right, when you first hear some of those things, right, between those of us who are not familiar with some of the, the terminology. So a ransomware attack versus a mob, you know, what, uh, just a regular hacking of your system, um, malware, all these different things we hear about. Um, you know, is there what's is there a distinction between these, uh, these things? There is to a degree. There's a lot of similarities, though. Uh, and one of the one of the similarities is uh, a threat actor or an individual. And it's important to understand too. It's not. I, I laugh and I'll say it jokingly that some people think it's uh, 
uh, a guy sitting in his underwear in his basement doing the attacks, and it's not. It's organized crime, and it's it's uh, it's global uh, in nature, in, in many cases foreign. Uh, but uh, some of those different, uh, again, they're looking for vulnerabilities uh, to access your network uh, with a ransomware. The intent is not necessarily to take information, but what it is is to make your information inaccessible to you so that you uh, want to be able to pay to get that information back. Uh, so that's that's what ransomware is. Uh, a common example, uh, not necessarily related to us, uh, and also a global uh, a global approach to it is uh, North Korea, uh, and this really ties into the global picture. Uh, the U.S. Uh, has enforced sanctions on North Korea to really stop and mitigate some of their nuclear uh, nuclear aspirations. However, in the last uh, uh, year, year and a half, North Korea has raised $2 billion from cyber attacks, similar to a, either a ransomware or other uh, means to be able to continue to fund that nuclear program. So if we talk locally, and that's and that obviously that's something people want to know, and I know we can't really talk about that, but people we, we get that question. So we just let's just get that one out there. Sure. So people want to know, for example, you know, was there a ransom for the district? You know, how much, et cetera, et cetera. Why is it or why why can't we? Is it that's something that we really can't talk about? Why Why is that? Uh, a lot of times we don't want to get into the particular variant or the amount. Or, yes, there was a ransom, uh, but we don't want to get into that amount specifically because there there's still investigations going on. We do have authorities uh, working through that process for us uh, to be able to potentially get down to the root cause, who did it, why they did it, and uh, and going through that process right now. So uh, eventually that'll be uh, completely revealed. Uh, uh, but we can't when it's under an investigation. Right. So again, just since we're going down this, this thread here, um, do, so it's, 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 so it's random, right? Were, were we, why do you have any idea why we were specifically targeted? So public entities in general are specifically targeted. So if you, uh, school districts, uh, local governments, um, city governments, even some, 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 uh, sometimes at the federal level, and there's a number of reasons why they do that. One of those is uh, uh, we have to be transparent in many things we do. A lot of our information is put through, uh, ha- is, is readily available. It can be available via, uh, via FOIA. So as an example, if I'm a threat actor, I know that the school district has a certain budget. I know that they have uh, uh, certain insurances. I know uh, what they've spent their money on from an IT security perspective, but I also know from a, from a public sector, a, a lot of times they don't invest uh, as much into their IT security as what like a private company would do to be able to protect their trade secrets. So <clears throat> there, there's a number of reasons why they attack uh public entities like a school district or a city or county government uh, as an example just I think it was either I think it was early September it was just uh, actually no excuse me it was late August that uh, 23 uh, governments it, all at once uh, simultaneously were, were attacked and ransomware in Texas um, uh, and they knew uh, that uh, if I interrupt a service that, that uh, a government is providing, let's say I, I know that I have an electronic payment mechanism to, for folks to pay their water bill. If I take that down, that's a nuisance. Then there's a need, especially if there's not a backup or something like that, for that entity to be able to get back online as quickly as possible, and is the easiest route to pay that ransom. Right. So, so they, so they, they look for vulnerabilities in in different uh, municipalities, public entities, and private entities. Absolutely. Uh, to, to attack. You know, you, I just want to make sure I, I, we talk. You, you. So you did say. Just to be sure, like there, there, there is still an ongoing investigation into what happened to the Rockford Public Schools. There is, yes. And when, when, you, when you talk about um, the types of attacks and their different purposes, you, you know, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the, the, the financial component. Um, is there, is there, is there a cost? Even though we, we, you know, they did, they did try to. Uh, you know, say that they're hey, they're, here's the, here's the ransom. Uh, has there been a cost to all of this from the from the district side? Can there, you put a can you put a number on that? There has, uh, and I can't put an exact number on that. We're right. still working with our finance uh, on that, and we've we've 
compiled some numbers, but um, one thing I, I guess uh, you're, you're, we're talking about the ransom a little bit, and I, I want which I think is important for individuals to understand, you know, why didn't we just pay the ransom? Why didn't we just go that route so we could be up quicker? Sure. And, and, and the reason I bring that point up is uh, uh, it's twofold. One is that uh, all we're doing is enabling those third actors uh, to be able to know that they're going to get paid and to be able to, and they're actually investing in research and development. They're highly organized. Um, and then they, you stay on their list as well because they know you're a potential that could pay. So they'll continue to hammer out your systems. Number two uh, with that is even if we were to pay a ransom, that would unencrypt and release some of those files and we get up a little bit faster, but it does not take that uh, those malicious items off of your network. So there's still a lot of investment from a financial and just a labor perspective to, to, to clean and cleanse your network. Sure. So with that, um, because you know, the way you describe it, you describe it of, you know, kind of a virus attacking your network. Um, you know, a lot, early on and, and still people still wonder, you know, was any of my personal information compromised? Is that something that the district can say that uh, that that has or has not happened? Maybe because of the nature of what they were kind of the, the intent of what they were trying to do? Sure. So the intent of a ransomware attack, which we were hit with. Uh, is the intent to encrypt your files and encrypt your systems so they can get a monetary payment uh, to be able to release that. So traditionally, uh, the exfiltration and the taking of personal data, doesn't. it's not the intent and purpose of this type of attack. Um, you know, what the the type of things that they, they do get are username passwords. That way they can get elevated privileges within the network to be able to uh, spread it uh, more uh, more robustly across your network, uh, but uh, at this point, and we've been working very closely in the, in the investigative and uh, analysis phase with uh, experts that we've had hired in uh, to do this work. Uh, we've not found anything that would indicate any type of uh, uh, exfiltration or stealing of data. So I know. So I, I keep. I, I'm trying to get back to the beginning, but that's okay. Sure. But you keep mentioning. You keep leading great segues into other topics, <laughs> and I, I just wanted to, that I wanted to ask you about. So that. So we're just gonna. So so since you mentioned. Uh, the idea, you know, that you mentioned passwords and usernames that they, they you know, the, the only reason that they cap, kind of collect or capture that is to try to use it to get, you know, to infiltrate the system even more. Um, is there what, what can you is there any advice you can give people or just anything in general about passwords that they use? I mean, I mean, we're obviously we're we're all technologically we're, we're we're plugged into all sorts of platforms and all we have all everybody has a bunch of usernames and passwords is there any general advice you can give about you know passwords in general whether you're using them at work or at home absolutely so i think uh the first thing is you don't and it may sound like uh sound burdensome but you re- you really don't want to use uh, your password in multiple locations. You want to use different passwords, and sometimes that sounds like overwhelming. You know, how am I going to remember all these passwords? Uh, there are a number of different password tools out there, even apps you can download download on your phone that are safe. Uh, uh, 1Password is one of those, as an example, or, or, or KeePass. Uh, those are a couple different applications you could download on your phone and manage those passwords. Uh, but you want to keep those separate because that way if uh, one, if for some reason you have a password that is breached, uh, it's not going to affect all your systems. As an example, if you're using a password uh, for your bank account and you're using that same password to log in your email and your email password gets taken, now a threat actor may have access to you, to your financials. So it's important to really keep those uh, segmented. Gotcha. And same thing along the same line. We, we've, um, we, we, we've heard this um, in some of the communication. We talked about flash drives as well. Um, what about this idea of... Um, people bringing using flash drives, using them at home and at work, and bringing it back and forth. Does that does that raise the risk of, of you know, kind of reinfecting or infecting one or the other? It really does pose a risk, and and the way I look at it is a from a control perspective. At the district, we can have full control of we know what antivirus we're putting on a computer. 
uh, we know how we're protecting our things, but we don't necessarily know if uh, if I take a flash drive home and I've been infected uh, with uh, some of the spam email that comes into my Yahoo.com email account that might affected uh, have affected my computer. Now that's come over to a flash drive, and I'm I'm introducing it to a district uh, computer, or vice versa. Sure, sure. So Jason, you uh, again uh, that 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 day. That, that that day in September, early September, um, where where were you? Where were you when on this this day of infamy when when uh, you first you know caught wind of something was wrong here? Yeah, so boy, I, I remember it very well. Um, I, it was actually the the night of the first Bears game, uh, and the Bears were playing not so well. They, that was the first game of the season that they lost. So I was already the, the game was just started wrapping up. Uh, and I was already a little aggravated because of that. So uh, I was starting to get a few text messages on my phone because we've got a monitoring system on our uh, for the district to know uh, certain things. So we were seeing some servers uh, in the district. They were showing that they were rebooting or shutting down. And sometimes it happens at night if there's maintenance going on or if we're applying updates. That'll com- commonly happen. Um, but we saw it. I saw it pick up pace a little bit faster where we're seeing 40, 50, 60 servers just go down offline. Um, uh, so we monitored and typically we'll look at it for, you know, five, 10 minutes because sometimes we'll get an all clear report if they decide to reboot, but we weren't seeing that. Uh, so I also remember at that point, I was going to quick uh, run upstairs and notice that uh, I got a little uh, King Charles uh, 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 dog uh, last about a year now, a year ago now uh, for the for the kids, and it decided to uh, to wet on my bed. So that also <laughs> added to my aggravation. Uh, I'm still going through that uh, uh, that potty training phase a little sure, bit, but sure. uh, so I already uh, had some things going on. So I decided to remote in uh, from uh, my laptop at home, uh, which was a district issued laptop, and and log in to see what was going on and try to restart some of those servers. And we were noticing they were not restarting. Uh, and then uh, I eventually got kicked off uh, where I couldn't even remote in. It kicked my it kicked my VPN off. So I had to drive into the office, and that was I probably got it. And that was, all this was going down probably ten ten thirty at night. Uh, and I got into the office and was able to uh, look and see we had many of the servers with a, a, a an extension. Uh, uh, so. As an example, what I mean by extension is like if I have a PDF file for Adobe Acrobat Reader, it's file name.pdf. Well, this had a specific extension at the end that would indicate uh, that it was an encrypted file. So that's why the servers weren't restarting because uh, they had been encrypted. And uh, so once we figured that out, we immediately went and un- uh, literally disconnected uh, uh, ourselves from the internet to stop the the proliferation of the day of the of the uh, encryption that was happening, and then started to assess the t- situation at that point. I think uh, I remember uh, very vividly uh, getting in here probably uh, about eleven thirty or so at night, and uh, uh, I was here for about thirty eight hours straight uh, with our team going through and understanding the sheer uh, you know really what happened and, and analyzing you know where are we at, what do we have, uh, you know. How can we recover? And some of the things we were looking at very closely were our core business systems. We were fortunate because we had just gotten paid. Uh, so the paychecks had gotten out. So we knew we had between uh, really that Friday morning until uh, uh, really just a few days to just to get business plus back online so people could get paid for the next go-round, which finance was outstanding. Uh, we, we were able to accommodate that and also – uh, get uh, eSchool and the student information system at least uh, to a point where it was functional to do attendance and things like that. Sure. Um, so, so you know, you 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 mentioned you know just just you talked about how you know the time you got here, you're just working. I mean, just really assessing the situation, and you know, you and, and your team, you know, you guys have, have done you know lots of work. Um, you know, kudos to you and finance, and you know, because again, it's something that happened to us, and we have a, a team of people who have to kind of you know do the best they can to, to fix it. Um, you know, t- can you just to briefly talk about just? I mean, I know there's been a lot, but what what are, what are some of the main things that you all have just kind of done to just kind of? I mean, are we are we do we have to like like totally rebuild all of our everything from scratch? I mean, you guys have been working working a lot of hours, working really hard. What are some of the things that you all have just done just to try to get us back up and running? You, there's been lots of work done. 
Absolutely. So the, the most important thing, and, and we can kind of get into some more specifics, but uh, what, is that we, we needed to come up on a, uh, on a clean network. So one of those key steps we took, uh, we actually, uh, uh, for lack of a better expression, kicked everything off of our RPS 205 network. And we went through the process of uh, you know, reimaging or cleaning uh, 5,000 computers uh, and uh, looking at servers, uh, and uh, and we were working with experts as well to help with that QA and validation perspective. But and building you know 300 servers, and in many cases we had the data, which was great, but we needed to rebuild the servers to make sure that they were clean because the la- the last thing we want to do is uh, miss just one machine and reintroduce that to the network. So to the network. So that's really what we've been focusing on and, and prioritizing that, working with Cabinet and what needs to come next. Um, it, it's 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 a lot of work to do, but we focused on uh, really the end user, uh, the student, and the teacher experience first uh, in that classroom environment. How do we get them back to as close to normal as possible as we continue to move forward to get everything back up and functional? So some of the big questions that I know people have are um, so one. So so let me start. I'll start with the one that I hear the most, one of the biggest one. Um, is H drives, right? It's uh, teachers and people who have worked here uh, for an extended period of time who have put these files on the H drive and they've, you know, we're talking sometimes decades of files that have been saved. And again, I understand that's obviously very, very frustrating. So what can we tell them about, um, like, will that, is, it, is, is there a possibility that that will ever come back? Or how, how was that, how was it that that was one of the things that, that, that we still have not recovered? And is it, will it ever be recoverable? Uh, I will say, be excited! It is coming, and and some of them, may, some individuals may have noticed uh, within the last. Wait a minute! Week wait a minute! Wait, this is breaking news. Yes. Wait, so that, wait, you, so that, wait, hang on, hang on. So you did you just tell people to get excited? Absolutely. Okay, yes. go ahead. Go it ahead. is Please coming. Continue. So, and so, some individuals may have seen their H drive appear back for about a day or two, uh, and then we took it back down. So uh, the reason it's taken so long to recover those is because just the the sheer magnitude and quantity and capacity of the data that was out there. I mean, and you, you, you said it yourself, there's years and years and years of data on there. So we, we wanted to thoroughly scrub that and do make sure that it was clean. We removed anything. Uh, if we had to remove anything that was uh, uh, had any type of malicious uh, uh, things in there, which was very little, and we would notify those uh, individuals just to make sure it was clean. So we did bring it back online a, you know, a, about a week and a half or so ago, and people may have seen that, but we took it back down because what we were seeing, uh, it, it was it was a little slow. Uh, so what we, we've been doing, and uh, for those who are technically savvy, we had uh, a little over 10 and a half terabytes worth of, and it was, uh, I think, about four or six, between four and six million files uh, across the district. So we're taking that and moving it to faster storage, so that way it's very accessible and quicker. And uh, on a case-by-case basis, we have been, you know, where a file is urgently needed, we have given that to individuals. But uh, I can say within the next week to week and a half, we'll be up and running and people will see that H drive return just as normal. My man, that's uh, that is fantastic. Well, that's going to make lots and lots of lots of people happy. I know coaches and teachers and other people who've worked here will be happy to hear that. Um, speaking of which, uh, you know, you, you've you've talked about a, lo- a lot of things that have been done. Uh, I know we were trying to communicate to a lot of different audiences about what was happening and and uh, what we we're going to do to kind of get everything back up and running. To date, you know, mostly everything, you know, I think things are relatively getting back to normal in terms of just people having access to the Internet, uh, people being able to get email again, some of our major systems kind of being back online, Um, you know, and obviously it's, you know, things, you know, it's a large district and um, but there's still some things that still need to be done in your in your mind. What are some of those things that still what still needs to be fixed? What 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 still needs to be do we need to be addressed at this point? Uh, you know, one of the big things and uh, uh, enable IT uh, is again because we focused really on the end user side. Uh, we're working on some network issues uh, for sure. So you know, with with, with Wi-Fi and 
uh, both secure and guest Wi-Fi. And, and we've been working with a vendor to help us with that uh, and also institute best practices just to make sure we are secure in what we're doing. Um, so that's a big piece. But also, you know, a lot of the things that IT is working on, you know, just basic things like our ticketing system. Um, we uh, that uh, Right now we've got a temporary ticketing system in place, which is a Google Sheet, just so we can help take care of all of the all the teachers and students and staff across the district uh, and uh, some of those inventory systems that we haven't brought back online from IT. So in, in many cases, to bring things back online, uh, you know, we've been kind of working in the dark and really taking, uh, you know, the information that's provided to us from that teacher or that school that says, oh, you know what, thank you for coming through my school and taking care of all this, but you missed this, or we have that. So we've got some of that stuff going on too because we don't have those uh, those systems to help us understand, uh, uh, you know, some of those things we might have missed. So that's really the big piece that's going to help us be more uh, effective and efficient in what we're doing because we're, we're we're somewhat in the dark from our perspective. But we wanted to make sure we were taking care of uh, – uh, trying to get the, the classrooms back to normal the best we could is for, uh, first before we, we, we attacked our issues. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's helpful, right? Because we, we told the community and we you know, through the media that, hey, everything's back to normal and everything's good to go. Um, but you're just kind of explaining why that wasn't necessarily the case for everybody because, uh, again, you, you were trying to say that, hey, we came through and got some of the stuff, but here's some of the things we missed in part because of some of the your your inventory systems. Is Absolutely. that, 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 that yes. just here correct? Our inventory systems, our ticketing systems, and our monitoring systems to know. And, and you know, uh, 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 pre-attack, we had many systems that would be able to monitor things. We could see in our monitoring system uh, that, you know, classroom such and such had a bulb that was ready to burn out, at, you know, in a, in a projector, and we would know ahead of time, so we'd go out and address that. Now it's more, uh, uh, we're not as proactive. It's more reactive to, hey, my bulb's been out for three weeks or two weeks. Uh, can you help us take care of that? And where we bet we would have been more on top of it because we were being notified uh, from a system, and now we're not. So, and there's going to be, you know, it's going to be, uh, a building process to get us back up to where we need to be in IT and IS for the, to be able to have that information flowing into us, uh, and it may be that that is going to be a, a lengthy process. You know, just really quickly, um, again, a, a fascinating conversation, uh, but you led me to another some, something else that a, a question I know people have about. You know, when you when you talk about it's still going to take a while, do you, is is there an estimation you can give when you can say? you know, everything will be back to normal when everybody will feel normal again on this date. Is that, is that even possible? I mean, will that ever, will we ever get to a place, place to where people will just feel whole, may feel whole again? Uh, I can first answer. Uh, because yeah. of the intermittent, like you still have the, some of the intermittent things that happen in between all of the kind of coming back up. But is, sure. that, is that possible for everyone to feel that? We're back to normal. Yes, and, and and I don't have a particular date, uh, you know, lined up. But we have certain projects uh, that we're working on that we do have concrete dates on. As an example, the Wi-Fi, and I know that's been an issue across the district. You know, one day my Wi-Fi works, the next day it does not. Uh, um, by the end of next week, with the project we're working on, and we've we've partnered with uh, an expert to come in to help us. We'll have that stability back. So, and there's, and we're prioritizing some of these projects with that, uh, with those type of things to be able to bring some of that stability back and that sense of normalcy. But there are going to be things that we may be looking at um, that might be still might be 30 or 45 days out uh, to to bring. Uh, and one of the big pieces is uh, some of the integrations we had with some of our systems to be able to communicate. Uh, uh, as an example. Uh, when I come in as a new employee and I get my badge uh, that has my badge number, the, that information, uh, we had an integration that took that badge number and added it to the follow me printing. So when I went up to the machine and swiped, I could print. And we're seeing some of that uh, where we get either a new individual or they have a badge change where they're swiping and they can't print now because we don't have that integration in place. So some of that stuff, even though we've got the major components there, we're having to rebuild some of that stuff. Gotcha. That makes that makes makes uh, makes perfect sense. Um, you know, some some of the other things that I, when you, you had mentioned earlier about the help desk, just to give people a sense of, I mean, is, is, is you still uh, is there still a huge volume of 
of help desk tickets? Are you are you backed up? I mean, what's what's the expectation on, on the wait time? I mean, what what is that looking like? Not, you know, because you mentioned the inventory. You know, is that how how is your team you know getting to some of those tickets? Uh, so uh, we've just recently wrapped up the majority of the uh, actually as of uh, of yes as of yesterday the majority of the laptop rebuilds and the desktop rebuilds. We're still pushing software and things like that out, but we've had a lot of our core teams out there doing that. Uh, now they're actually and we had just had a discussion yesterday on how do we start attacking these help desk tickets, and we do have quite a few several hundred tickets that we had to review, and we had discussions about. Uh, really just going out full teams, talking to the school before we go out there and say, hey, we're sending all uh, uh, 12 of our techs out to your school today to address your tickets. So we're coming up with that plan to start executing some of that. So it's important also that, uh, uh, you know, as we do this, you know, if there are tickets that you're just, especially because we've had issue you know we are when you call into the help desk i know that's been a challenge for for folks and uh that it it, it kicks you off the call after an hour because that's how the system's set up um to to use that google form uh, that's been published through the rps teacher news and the headlines for principals to be able to uh, document your ticket because we're going to filter those and say okay we know we've got 45 tickets or 50 tickets for Auburn, we're going to send all 12 of our people out there on, you know, whatever day we, we communicate with the school, and we're going to address those all at once. Sure. So that's really helpful for us to have that documented. Awesome. So if you're if you're in a high school or a school, for example, you got some some computer carts, and so should all of those, all this stuff in their labs, are all of those completed? I mean, are, are, can, can schools use their labs? Or, or if you have anything that that's that needs to be addressed, use a form. Um, but, but do you, do you feel that most schools are, you know, have access to the, their carts and their, and their desktops and laptops? Uh, yes, for the most part. And, uh, we are addressing, uh, like example, some of the media labs there are. So, you know, we got the actual computers up and running. We're, we're pushing software as well. And that's the, the piece now that we've got the computers up. So, so in some cases, uh, as an example, like, uh, the Adobe creative cloud and some, for some, like the media labs, uh, and we've actually just did our first official uh, push here. I think it was, it might have been Auburn this week. I've got to check back with my individuals. But we took one of those labs and said, okay, we're pushing all the software to you now. We worked with that uh, that teacher to say, okay, now can you enroll your students? And this is how we do it. And that was very successful. Now we've got that done. Now we can push that out to all the other labs remotely. So there's still some software pieces now that we pulled these systems back online that we do have to push out. Um, and I will also say some of the older laptops and some of the uh, what uh, many refer to as the yoga carts those are systems we're just not going to pull back online uh, and uh, what's really exciting if uh, folks have uh, you know watched the board meeting and we just approved a bid for 5038 new uh, laptops and desktops and gaming uh, for our esports teams, gaming laptops that'll be coming in here. Uh, we're hopefully, uh, and we just got that uh, the purchase order out here this past week, and we'll start seeing those roll in here uh, for us uh, in IT to deploy here uh, in in December is when they'll start rolling in. We're really it's five thousand computers, so it'll take a couple months to get those pushed out. But it was important to do that. Um, uh, not just because uh, of this security issue that we in uh, with uh, with the old uh, you know many of these computers are under running Windows Seven, but uh, you know it's also to to set the standard uh, specifications that we really should have been operating on, uh, so people can be use a computer that's not going to take 15 minutes to log in and to be able to do their tasks. So so we um, we've talked about. Um you know, obviously, there's no guarantee that this will never happen again to us. Um, but are you confident uh, in the event that something like this does happen again that we're much we're in a better position? Are we better prepared to deal with 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 an attack uh, of, of this sort? Um, so, so I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Absolutely, yeah. So I will say, and again, uh, I think there's a phrase that a big enough hammer breaks anything. Uh, we're, in being a public entity, we're always going to be a target, and it's just going to be the case. However, we've done a, a number of different things, and we look at, uh, and, and end users will see it here shortly, but uh, just training the individ, uh, an individual on what to look for in email, uh, uh, to know whether or not it's a legitimate email or should I click or shouldn't I. Uh, we've, we've addressed and assessed uh, our perimeter protection. And it's not just 
uh, folks in our IT department, but we're working with experts to help us understand that and, and baselining, okay, we've ran this this test on your system, these are your vulnerabilities, fix these, we'll run the test again to see where you're at at that point, and we're going to strategically do that, uh, and we're looking at probably a quarterly effort on that, but also looking at what we're doing internally from a security perspective, and 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 doing, we've done vulnerability testing internally on you know, access to systems and and locking down things more than they, they have been in the past. And it's not that we were doing anything uh, completely out of the ordinary uh, on, on access and, and, and protection, but 2019 and the state of cybersecurity is different than what it was in even just 2018. So the game has changed, uh, and we have to be in that reactive. I mean, we're always going to be in the reactive mode. We're not necessarily going to be proactive. But we have to. We can't. We can't sit around and, and and not have a focus on IT security. And since I've been here in 2018, I you know that's the first thing I came in with is for what we what are we doing from an IT security perspective? And we did put a great plan together. Many of the dominoes. Uh, of the testing and vulnerability testing happened well before this event happened, but but we were working, uh, you know, uh, in a in a confined budget as well, but also, uh, you know, the amount of work that had to be done was was large. So we were really working against the clock uh, from day one, but we knew what we had to do, and we and we are now uh, with you know with this happening it's allowed us to be able to expedite some of the things that we talked about as maybe what might be a two a two year strategic plan or a three three year strategic plan because we know we need it now and that's 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 really a silver lining in this sure so along those along that same line what is there some some very simple advice things you can tell just along security right because we know individuals but play a role you you talked about kind of how those actors, as you call them, kind of get into our systems. Is there anything that's very simple that you can tell people about what to look for, what not to click on? We hear this term phishing email a lot. Um, is there anything you can say about that, about you know, how, to, how, to, how can we help so, from uh, the district's well, perspective? And, absolutely. And the employees? So if, uh, if you're not expecting an email that has an attachment or a link in it from an individual or you just don't know, Sometimes it's easier to pick up a call and say, hey, uh, Mr. Dawson, did you just send me an email with a YouTube link? Uh, and that that's a quick, easy way to do it. They uh, Threat actors act on what's called social engineering and, and leveraging that trust you have. So let's say I'm, I've had an email chain with uh, uh, Mr. Dotson about a particular subject, uh, and then all of a sudden I get one that appears like it came from Mr. Dotson. Uh, and, oh, I know Earl. He sends me things all the time, and I click that. Um, uh, you really need to pay close attention. Does it have a link? Uh, does it have a, an attachment uh, in it? And is this something we had conversation about uh, or should I be expecting? Uh, so you always want to be cautious in, in that regard. Um, and, and many times, and you'll see it uh, when we talk about phishing, and uh, there's even a term called spear phishing, which is more targeted as an example. If I If I'm... Uh, if I sit down and I, I'm doing accounts payable, as an example, and I, I'm accustomed to getting uh, invoices sent to me as an attachment, you know, in a PDF format, and I'm getting that, and I'm going through and downloading 100 of those a day, um, they somewhat lull you, lull you into that uh, sense of security, and I'm, another one I got to do, another one I got to do. Uh, it's important for us just to remain vigilant and, and look, okay, I recognize that vendor. That one doesn't look familiar. Let me hold. I know the best best thing you can do is stop and and, and IT can either look at it or you or you contact the vendor or delete the email and and go from there. So those are a few of the steps we can take as, sure. uh, as end users. And, and and you mentioned training. Is there is there training coming for employees in the in the near future? Just for those who, you know, who just need to to you know a little more information about what you know. What do I need to do to prevent this? How can I help? Will the district be offering that? Absolutely. The district actually in the last couple of months, actually prior to this, uh, purchased uh, end user training. It's no before. 
uh, is the it, it's IT security awareness training. There's a there's uh, several modules that are in there and interactive videos and it, and it, and they they also target different areas so we can tailor the training to whether it be a finance department or a teacher or an HR department uh, to help them uh, learn some of the basics and the fundamentals, the one on ones to IT security awareness training. Uh, it's actually an interesting company. I uh, don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but the, the company spun up by a gentleman named Kevin Mitnick. And uh, that individual, he's known as the world's most famous hacker. Back in his day, he actually hacked into several large organizations, Motorola's and things like that. And he actually served about six years in federal prison. Uh, he got out. Uh, he's a good guy now. And he started this. Uh, he's the chief hacking officer for No Before. And he's actually created a lot of this training uh, because he understands how uh, you know how to manipulate people and how to socially engineer them to get them to click things. So it's it's very very good training and it's it's uh, it's used in a lot of areas. Uh, just one example: West Aurora implemented this training. I think it was two or three years ago, and their CIO had mentioned that they had prior to this training. Uh, they had about uh, a 35 to 40 percent click rate, meaning if someone uh, got an email, they would click it and it would be malicious. With the training, they cut that down to 0.27 percent in about three months. So that helps uh, when people aren't clicking on things to be able to uh, to secure your network as well. You know, at this recording, uh, we know that there are still issues in some of our schools. It seems to be across the district uh, with with kind of bells and intercoms. And we've heard this term uh, network configuration issue. Um, is that still a problem? Is Are we still working on, on on dealing with that as a result of this? We are. And we have isolated the issues. Uh, we're working school by school to correct those issues. Um uh, and we've resolved many of them. And some, in some cases, we have some older, uh, as an example, older clocks in some of the schools that are a little bit slightly different configuration than others. So we're having to reverse engineer some of this stuff. And we've had some personnel changes as well uh, that have also, uh, we've had to, to go relearn some of these things. Um, but we are, we're, we're building a, a, a better culture in the IT department where we're able to distribute and transfer that knowledge across, across the department. There's no silos of knowledge anymore, which is really, from a, from a cultural perspective, what I, what, I had, you know, what I had coming into the department and what I wanted to do is create that culture where we have that, that redundancy uh, for individuals so that not one, not one person is the sole under, has the sole understanding of a specific system. And it's in, that's been really also another silver lining in this, that people are really learning these systems as we rebuild them as well. So and so you, you just brought up the term silver lining. One of the silver linings that I've I've heard, particularly in buildings, is this idea of you know teachers have done a, a, a magnificent job of continuing with teaching and learning. Um, you know, kind of kind of without the technology component, just kind of getting back to some of the some of the the way they've always been able to interact with with students and still uh, you know be able to teach them and, and, and our students still have the ability to learn um, you know we, we know from an administration standpoint we know that um, you know people now you know during that time had to instead of emailing or you know other forms of communication had to actually go talk to people and it was a sense of um, you know in, whether it was in the buildings and some of our other places that people kind of uh, you had to, you know the relationship component and, and actually talking to people uh, kind of more face to face as opposed Opposed to through electronic devices, um, what what are some of the other silver linings that you've, you know, I know we we're getting some new equipment, where we're kind of rebuilding our systems, um, but what are there other silver linings as a result of this? Uh, and I, I go back again to you know uh, really. Uh, Individuals in in the IT department, we've seen so much growth uh, in the past. Really, the past six six or eight months in the IT department on on uh, where we don't have silos of knowledge and breaking some of those barriers down. But communication in the IT department has been outstanding. I you know I, I want to echo uh, uh, your sentiment on just the the communication. 
from from the administration uh, uh, into the into the schools and and that that uh, really that fellowship that actually yeah. uh, uh, really started to, uh, there was a lot stronger bond there I think too yeah people um, it didn't seem like people really missed their emails uh, or right. you know people were just we were talking a lot more and uh, it was just it, it was interesting and uh, you know and and I look at it too I think it, another silver lining is uh, perhaps we've created an environment where people think. How do I operate in the absence of technology? And uh, just a just a quick side story on that. You know, I, I spent, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I spent about eight years in the military. And uh, uh, in 2003, uh, I spent uh, I was I was in Iraq, and we started getting these. Uh, they were called Blue Force trackers in the Humvees, which was essentially. It was, a, it, was a, it was a GPS, and it had a, a large screen that showed where you were at and where all the other uh, uh, individuals uh, uh, in your units were at on the map. Um, and it was a, a computer system. But if that went down, you still needed to be able to go back to a map and be able to, uh, to navigate yourself. So, And that's really what we've had to do in this case is go back to our roots and how do we continue to go forward uh, in the absence of that technology? And I think that's been a silver lining. But yeah. what, what, what about, uh, have you been contacted by other um, officials or entities? I mean, uh, who, you know, speaking of silver linings, who want information on kind of what happened, what you guys do? I mean, is that is that something that we, we can kind of help other organizations uh, as a result of what happened to us? Is that something else that, that can be kind of one of the silver linings out of this. Absolutely, and there have been a few organizations that have reached out uh, to ask some just some some basic questions, and uh, I, and I'm I'm aware that uh, you know other boards and other uh, administrations have been asking their own IT departments and using us as uh, you know uh, as a, as an example where they say what are we doing to secure our things? How can we invest in our IT security? But I think it's important too, you know, uh, Rockford Public school district, we are relatively fortunate to be able to to do uh, many more things just because we're a larger school district to help help us uh, maintain our security. But I think it's also important for us to be leaders uh, in this in this realm, too, where we're meeting with some of those smaller school districts and sharing our, our where our issues were at to help them to be able to develop and have have those type of meetings to so we can work together as a as a community, uh, because this is really a, a community issue. Um, before we wrap up here, just a couple more questions. Um, you know, you you know, you as a leader, I mean, uh, you you've you've had uh, lots of, several experiences. Um, I mean, what 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 would you say you have just learned from this work? What have you, um, you know, obviously you didn't expect this to happen when you took the job, as I mentioned earlier, but um, you know, you spent a lot of time away from your own family. Um, you know. You know, when wife, you know, does does when does life kind of get get back to normal for you? Um, you know, what, what's this? What, what would you say about all of this for you personally? You know, I think, uh, and this just comes from my from my background, but you know, mission does come first, and uh, you know, I've got a very supportive family at home, very supportive wife. I've been in the IT industry for for a long time, so. Uh, she's become accustomed to you know the two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning calls. If there's just a, if there's an issue, I worked at a you know an organization where we had to have IT 24/7. Uh, so uh, we I, definitely having that support on that end. But you know some of the things uh, when you in a leadership perspective you, you look at is uh, you know uh, to instill uh, that some of that decision making and relying on your team to be able to come through. Uh, and, and delegating those tasks, uh, and not trying to shoulder it all yourself. And speaking of your team, do you want to? Is there any? You know, you want to say anything about just the, them and their their work and dedication, or anybody else uh, in the organization or our community that you just like to uh, say anything to about how they've been supportive in, in, in all of this? Absolutely. So yeah, I'll start with uh, you know my team first. The, uh, you know they've they've worked around the clock really since uh, since uh, the, the day that this happened. Uh, you know focused on getting these systems and getting us back to normal. 
so te- so students can have uh, you know have access to what they need access to. So teachers can have access to what they need access to. But you know, just seeing the hard work that the teachers are putting in, uh, you know, and the students persevering through you know through some of these uh, obstacles. Um, has been outstanding to see, uh, and really support from the top down, from the board to cabinet and, and administration, uh, and and having that understanding that we do have a, a very very good IT department, and we were really uh, you know uh, really a victim, and uh, to be able to have that open discussion and transparent of, as to what vulnerabilities we found to be able to address those. It's been outstanding just across the board. And then also just, you know, the parents in the community that has, uh, uh, you know, and I, I read a lot, you know, I, I look at uh, the RPS Facebook page and just a lot of the positive comments that come out of there and, and the hard work we're putting in to really change uh, change this environment and, and look towards the wor- uh, to the to the light ahead because we really are moving in, in an awesome direction. While we are still very much in that recovery phase, it's so exciting to know I'm excited to where we're headed. You know, one last thing just about that. Um, you know, is there something we can do better? I mean, we're a large school district. Um, you know, although you mentioned several audiences, those that you know, have been supportive. You talked about some of the communication platforms that we use. What can we do in, in such a large district to better communicate? I mean, do you have plans in the works for, for your department to do to, you know, to kind of be able to better communicate to all those folks? about kind of what's going on and you know as we move forward in the future and keeping people updated when we do may, when there may be an outage or something i mean is there do you have any thoughts on how do we can do a, a better job of just letting people know what's going on absolutely so you know we're very focused on change management in general and you know and and the day the days of just uh Making a change in the middle middle of the day and hoping we don't break stuff is is of the past, you know. So it's something uh, that it started when I when I when I got here, but it's with everything going on uh, with our current circumstance. Uh, I will say it's been difficult to to execute as well as also keep people informed just because there's so many moving parts. But, uh, you know, if we're going to make a change that's going to take systems down, we're going to email that out. We've got a systems outage page that uh, uh, that we want to continue to keep up to date uh, out on the intranet to let folks know. Um, there is a, uh, a utility that will be installed on the new computers coming in. It's uh, it's piece of the school a piece of the school messenger app that, w- if there is something going on, uh, whether it's a phone down or a clock's not working, it'll pop up a notification right on the desktop. Okay, that'd be good. Uh, so that'd there's good. many different things we're looking at from a communication perspective, and also obviously working with uh, the communications department to help us, uh, and they can help us help them, and vice versa. So there's many things we're looking at. We want to do our best you know when we're communicating it, it really keeps down the you know the assumptions that uh, sure. things aren't happening sure so jason man thank you so very much this was this is uh it just it, it was it's been a great experience it was enlightening you know i learned a lot myself and i uh, hope the people enjoy it you know one last thing we always ask everyone uh last questions um so if you, when you are, whether it's your birthday or a special occasion, or you want to be out with your family, do you have a favorite food or a favorite restaurant uh, you, you you like to go to? Like, what's your go to? Like, if you, you you know you have, I'm happy if we if I either I'm eating this or I'm going here. What would that be? I love to go to Joseph. Joseph, uh, they have some of the best steaks. Great food. Uh, my wife did our. My wife and I did our anniversary there. Uh, uh, we just hit uh, 17 years this past June. Congratulations! We, we Congratulations. went over there and uh, and uh, they they've got outstanding food. So that's that's a go to. Francesco's okay. is another one. But. Okay, that's a go to. Uh, what about if you're relaxing and you're at home and uh, you're relaxing? What what you know? What are you looking at on TV? Is there a favorite movie you have? Is there a TV show? You know where 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 do you where do you unwind? If it's on ESPN and it's sports related, that's typically where I'm headed towards. Um, and uh, you know, my middle boy is a diehard sports fan as well. So. Awesome. And then lastly, the um, like if I, you know, I jump in your car or your truck, and uh, or you're at home chilling, you know, listen to some music. What, what do you listen to? What's your genre? Do you have a favorite artist, or there's a particular genre that you kind of like to listen to? 
You know, I'm one of those that listens to anything and everything. I could have on uh, hip hop one day, country the next, uh, uh, and and scroll through the '60s, '70s, '80s, and '90s channels on uh, on XM radio. So I, I, I jump around. Nice, Jason. Uh, seriously and sincerely, uh, you know, thank you for what you, you what you've done, the work you've put in, man. Um, I, I really admire it. I've, I've had a chance to watch up close. Uh, what you've been able to do and uh, so kudos to you uh, and your team and I know you still have work to do but uh, you've done you've done a great job my man thank you sir thank you for listening to the 205 vibe podcast subscribe to the 205 vibe on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you are listening now check out the blog videos and news on rps205.com slash 205 vibe.